Kevin Markwick. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor?
there you go. That should blow the cobwebs out. That's for everybody who's back, smelly and stinky. From Reading this weekend, apparently the Foo Fighters were amazing. Two and a half hours of them last night. Okay, you ready? Welcome along, Kevin Markwick here with another two hours of, I don't, I don't know, two hours of whatever it is that we do. Thanks very much to Adrian Corbin for the last two and a half hours this week of uh, groovy soul grooviness. I'm trying not to get overexcited. So don't look at the webcam. And if you're not good, I'll play you Grandma's Party, which is appearing on my screen in front of me. No! Okay, coming up tonight, we have Nick Cave, the, uh, the Tinder Sticks, Public Service Broadcasting. Zapper is back, XTC and the Violet Femmes. Lots and lots of stuff, actually, lots of music. I managed to cram quite a bit in tonight. We've got film music from uh, Michael Danner, Jan Tiersen and Tangerine Dream. Chain is back with Bond at 50, where we encounter the Dalton years. And the double feature feature, of course. And you guys, please get in touch. At Kevin Markwig on Twitter. Studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk. Or you can go on the website and message me directly or message the back of my head directly so it's really good to have you along and we're going to start with David Byrne and St Vincent Who is 
just keeps coming up with more and more incredible stuff all these years uh, he's been going it's just amazing and St Vincent David Byrne and St Vincent uh, uh, who okay uh, let's keep going with Tinder Sticks Thank you. 
Tinder Sticks uh, from 2010 and uh, Medicine, which has uh, relaxed us all nicely now, uh, in time for us to sell you things. Now is the time, time for ice cream. Ice cream time! It's ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Ice cream time with Lion's Mane. Kevin Markwick. 105, Uckfield FM. A warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program.
night is long, but sooner or later the dawn will come. That's really very clever, isn't it? London can take it, public service broadcasting. Uh, the, the narration is from a Humphrey Jennings documentary, very famous one called London Can Take It. It was a little nine-minute documentary. But putting the American voiceover on it um, was a very deliberate attempt to uh, uh, convince the Americans it was time to come into the war. OK, last week I gave you the week off, but uh, there's no going back now. Here's Zappa. <laughs> I could reach Nirvana tonight If I was ready, willing, and able To pay him his regular fee He would drop all the rest of his pressing affairs And devote his attention to me But I said Look here, brother Who you jiving with that cosmic debris? Now who you jiving with that cosmic debris? Couldn't even make a sound 
price of meat has just gone up and your old lady has just gone down. Now is that a real poncho or is that a Sears poncho? Don't you know, you could make more money as a butcher. So don't you waste your time on Shunter, whatever that means. Frank Zappa from the 1974 album Apostrophe, uh, which remains uh, Zappa's biggest selling album in the US, uh, probably because it contains the infamous Don't Eat the Yellow Snow track. And uh, actually, for those of you dying to hear more Zappa, because I know you all are, that uh, good news this week is that after years of legal wrangling, the Zappa family have finally won back certain rights uh, from the uh, recording companies and, and are issuing the entire back catalogue in digital form, so you can go and get it on iTunes now. Yay! Uh, and possibly Spotify coming up as well, so uh, that's great news, isn't it? And uh, with our customary, customary curving off in a different direction is David Sylvian. I'm winning when I've 
priest out when my chance came to be king. The ghost of my life grew wilder than the Sylvian ghosts I think you could only probably sing like that in the 80s couldn't you I, it works perfectly well but I think uh, by 1990 if you continue to sing like that you needed a bit of a slap um, it's now time for James Bond and he's gone Dodger's gone um, and two rather good ones so here's Cheney Kent with Bond at 50 it's all so boring here Margot there's nothing but playboys and tennis pros if only I could find a real man. I need to use your phone. She'll call you back. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. Exercise control 007 here. I'll report in an hour. Won't you join me? Better make that too. Roger Moore is no more. And suddenly, the 007 franchise wakes up. Leaving behind the gambling on charisma, Timothy Dalton is a professional sure bet. This James Bond brings chiselled English good looks, the darkened brow of the romantic hero, and, above all, a stage and screen acting pedigree second to none. But in this peculiarly X-factor-dependent corner of the industry, this is still no guarantee of success, so the rest of the outfit has to step up. Director John Glenn is revived, pepping up his formula of the previous films. A defection gets a twist, with Mariam Darbo as a reluctant assassin and an insubordinate Bond letting her live. Its reciprocal sequence with a counter-assassin dressed as a milkman, successfully revives the excitement of old. Dalton is simply more credible, totally falling for Darbo's mock cello playing and making a convincing stab at the sensitive boyfriend line, 
claiming to recognize the classical music she plays before turning her instrument case into a toboggan. The Cold War yarn is getting thin, this being 1987. Arms dealing in the Afghan war is thrown in, with Art Malik as the first sympathetic Mujahideen on the big screen. Swedish pop outfit AHA found the same tensions working with John Barry as Duran Duran had previously. But it obviously works. The Living Daylights is another corker.
if the living daylights was a boy's own adventure, then license to kill grows up and goes off-road. Playing to Dalton's kinship to the romantic anti-hero Heathcliff, we see 007 as too close to his American counterpart, Felix Leiter, not to mention his wife, whose demise is detailed in slimy euphemism by none other than a young Benicio del Toro as a crazed henchman. Charging off in a red mist, 007 is helped by the model, but not really actor, Carrie Lowell, getting her to cut off half her hair and half her skirt to reveal a garter-holstered pistol as she tries to make herself useful. Robert Davy is an excellent baddie, keeping a lid of understatement on his fury as Bond charges through his operation like a bull in a china shop. The end of the film is sad, though. Bond has triumphed, but his celebration goes unrecognised by the establishment, as he has excommunicated himself to avenge his friend. It's the end for Dalton's combustible 007, marked with a blockbusting power ballad from Gladys Knight. Goodbye.
on that isn't it i'd forgotten how good that was uh license to kill and that's the end of um you know fizzog <laughs> timothy dalton what a shame because uh he's just come and gone really quickly i thought he was rather good because the gap actually between now and golden eye is quite long it was uh oh six years six years yeah that's right um presumably then they decided he'd got too old with a by the time they'd sorted out whatever it was that they needed to sort out but bye bye timothy you were actually i really enjoyed both of your films uh so next week the brosnan era begins uh with golden eye and uh was it tomorrow never dies i think it was the second one and cheney will be back thanks cheney that was fantastic um and i caught some of gandhi on tv the other night and uh i'd forgotten just how good the score was ravi shankar uh wrote the score and you know you can't get it on cd which i think is uh, a bit bad anyway this is uh discovery of india
Uh, that's a track called Discovery of India from Ravi Sh- uh, part of Ravi Shankar's score for Dickie Attenborough's 1982 Oscar-winning film uh, Gandhi, uh, and not available on CD, which is just... I've got it on vinyl, uh, which is where I found it, but it's not available on CD. Uh, OK, Sally time, and then uh, more film stuff when we come back. Cornish dairy ice cream, made with egg and fresh butter. Strawberry Cornish Dairy Ice Cream. Fresh strawberries, crushed and taken to the heart of Lions Made Cornish Sunday. On sale now. And in the foyer, you can obtain leading brands of cigarettes and confectioner. Kevin Marquake. Fagan, Walk Between the Raindrops, uh, which was from his 
solo album, Nightfly, in 1982, which apparently was one of the world's first uh, digital recordings. It was done all digital. Digital, digital, digital. If you look on the back of your CD, you can see DDD or AAD, which means analog, analog, digital, and uh, that was one of the first all digital albums ever recorded, apparently. How interesting is that? Not very, I hear you cry. Um, so, coming up in the second half, we've got all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, we've got French music, uh, we've got some American music, we've got, oh, all sorts. We've got Australian music, and uh, it's going to be great. So, please stay with us. Taking us up to the news will be uh, this fantastic music that Jan Tiersen wrote for Jean-Pierre Jeunet's uh, wonderful 2001 film, Amelie. So 
Cream, uh, Strange Brew, kicking off uh, the second half of our groovy show from Disraeli Gears, of course, in 1967. Now, who remembers Toto the Hero? Um, seems to have been slightly forgotten, which is a shame. It's a delightful Belgian film made by uh, Jaco von Dormel. Dormel? Let's call the whole thing off. Uh, in 1991, it was a big critical success at the time and featured a, a really superb sequence where... Um, I'm doing that laughy voice DJ thing again. Aren't I? A superb sequence where Toto seems to remember his childhood as more rosy than it may have been. Uh, dancing flowers and smiling parents and all accompanied by this uh, irresistible track by uh, Charles Trenet. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic Les oiseaux du lac pic-pac, pic-pic Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille Boum, il chante loving bloom Au rythme de ce boum Qui redit boum à l'oreille a changé depuis hier et la rue a des yeux qui regardent aux fenêtres. Il y a du lilas et il y a des mains tendues sur la mer, le soleil va paraître. Boum, l'astre du jour fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum quand notre cœur fait boum boum. Le vent dans les bois fait ouh, la bichose à bois fait mais la vaisselle cassée fait fric fric frac et les pieds mouillés font flic flic flac mais boum. Quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, l'oiseau dit boum, c'est l'orage. Boum, l'éclair qui lui fait boum, et le bon Dieu dit boum, dans son fauteuil de nuage. Car mon amour est plus vif que l'éclair, plus léger qu'un oiseau, qu'une abeille. Et s'il fait boum, s'il se met en colère, il entraîne avec lui des merveilles. Boum. Le monde entier fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, quand notre cœur fait boum boum. Charles Trenet, uh, Boom, which was used to such great effect in uh, Toto the Hero back in 91. Uh, this got me thinking. There was another Trenet track uh, used fleetingly in Bertolucci's The Sheltering Sky, which also happens to be, one of, for what it's worth, one of my favourite movies. Uh, so I thought, rather than uh, go with the obvious and play you some of the Sakamoto music, which is great, maybe we'll do that another night, and uh, keeping with the 30s theme, I thought I'd play you the Lionel Hampton track, Midnight Sun, uh, which very effectively plays over the opening credits. 
Midnight Sun uh, by Lionel Hampton, who uh, apparently was the king of the vibraphone, which, uh, upon looking it up, is a xylophone, but it's got a kind of vibrating pickup in it that gives it that weird kind of jellyfied sound. Uh, and that was used, uh, if you've seen it, on Bertolucci, in the, right on the front of Bertolucci's The Sheltering Sky. Uh, so I thought I'd give that a whirl. Now, don't forget to get in touch at Kevin Markwick on Twitter, uh, studio at outfieldfm.co.uk, or you can go online uh, and uh, communicate with me directly in the studio or email us or do do whatever um uh, say hi to chris who's listening in berlin which is great above and beyond the call of duty um what was i going to do next oh yes so actually you can tell me who can tell me what film this was famously used in
anyone 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 okay it was uh, love on a real train that by tangerine dream which was used in the subway sequence in risky business if you remember with uh, tom cruise and rebecca de mornay doing the uh, business on the subway train yes remember yeah you do now don't you Yes, it's double feature time again. More inappropriately jingled than something that's inappropriately jingled. I can't think of anything that's inappropriately, more inappropriately jingled. So, a very humanist double feature this week. Uh, In my mind, they cover similar territory, but in different ways. You can disagree with me, of course. In fact, if you do, tell me. Let me know why. There's nothing better than a real good ding-dong, a real good film discussion, something you can get your teeth into. So, uh, let me know. Let me know. So, um, tonight, we're going to settle down together and watch The Descendants and The Ice Storm. The Descendants is Alexander Payne's rather beautiful 2011 film set in Hawaii starring George Clooney as Matt King a man forced into reappraising his past and his future when his wife suffers a tragic boating accident putting her into a coma Clooney's a real revelation in this film actually Um, I know he's been fawned over for years with his salt and pepper good looks and yeah 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 whatever Uh, but I always felt his performances were a little ticky really you know that kind of moving his head around thing however in this film he really is quite wonderful um it's a film that paces itself perfectly revealing itself nicely over time as matt comes to know his children better and has to face the fact that his wife was moving away from him both physically and emotionally it's perhaps a film about what's important i don't know um Maybe the metaphor about the land owned by the family that remains one of the last untouched areas of the islands being sold off is a bit heavy-handed. But it plays well and doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sink the picture. Uh, it's funny and moving and uh, it's terrific to look at. Hawaii's not presented in an idealised way at all. It's quite often raining and, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting in that way, except perhaps at the end when they go up on the hill. That's quite idealised, I suppose, but I've not been to Hawaii. So, yeah, it probably does look like that. It's probably really, really beautiful. Of course it is. Uh, the key scene, though, for me is when Matt has to say goodbye to his wife at the, uh, in the ICU at the hospital. I, I think it's all about what it means to be in a very long-term relationship, uh, how much of that person is the one you first, you know, the one that you first met. Uh, how, are they the same person? But more importantly, I think it beautifully describes how whatever happens and however estranged you may feel, your lives are inextricably linked forever. Uh, and there's just simply no way around that. Uh, and very, very moving scene, I thought. Um, there are many great moments in The Descendants, all accompanied by wonderful island music from a variety of performers. Uh, this is the Reverend Dennis Kamakahi, uh, which I assume is the correct way to pronounce it. Uh, and it's, uh, it's called Ululi'i. <laughs> Thank you. 
Alexander Payne's The Descendants which I know divided people not everybody loved it but actually I have to say uh, it's, it's pretty uh, pretty much at the moment the, at the top of my list for film of the year so there you go 
The ice storm, however, is an altogether cheerlier prospect in our double feature in every conceivable way. Not just the title, but all of the isolated characters seem to have a chill wind blowing around them. Ang Lee directed this stunning film in 1997 from the novel by Rick Moody. On the surface, it seems rather gloomy, but there is so much here to enjoy, and it, it's funny. No, really, it is, if you know if you know where to look. It's a story of middle-class angst, angst, essentially, but that description does it no favours at all. Um, these are people whose comfortable lives offer them no comfort, uh, set in an affluent part of New England. The central fa- uh, family is played by Kevin Klein and Joan Allen. Uh, the two children are a young Christina Ricci and... Um, pre-Spider-Man Tobey Maguire. Klein is great as the family man who seems not to equate um, the responsibility uh, of having a family with having an affair. They seem to be sort of different things to him. He's having an affair with Janie Carver, quite brilliantly played by Sigourney Weaver. She perfectly embodies the film's central theme. She's She's an intelligent person bored out of her mind by the inanity of not just her life, but the people she meets. I'm not selling it, really, am I? Um, but it's a complex film and if you haven't seen it then I really really do urge you to every single performance is spot on I particularly like Joan Allen as Klein's wife who's just so kind of confused and lost it's 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 wonderful uh, well it's not wonderful that she's but it's just brilliant uh, what I particularly like about it is the way the kids in the film seem to be slowly sliding into mirror images of their parents uh, maybe that's inevitable in life maybe not uh, I don't know because I'm a big softie at heart the scene that gets to me the most is right at the very end it's the final scene in the station Uh, Maguire has been out of town for the evening and something tragic has happened so his whole family uh, come to meet him off the train and when Klein turns and looks at his son in the car there's not a word spoken but it says absolutely everything Um, and I'm on the floor by this point so it's filmmaking of the highest order and of course uh, Michael Danner's score is one of the best ever
astounding in every single way. I think it's Ang Lee's masterpiece, personally. Uh, music, Michael Danner's uh, score from The Ice Storm. OK, selling you stuff time now. When we come back, uh, it'll be film music. Now it's time for ice cream. Or maybe some nuts. A cool glass of orange. Why not try a hot dog? Or the real thing, a cool, refreshing Coca-Cola. From the sales staff and in the foyer, now. Kevin Markwick.
Let's write a book, Field Music. Which is rather good. Now, I've got quite a lot of stuff to get in, so we're going to move along at a click. Uh, this is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Nest up in the autumn branches Built from nothing but high hopes and thin air He collected up some baby blasted mothers They took their chances And for a while they lived quite happily up there He came from New York City, man But he couldn't take the pace And thought it was like a doggy dog world Then he went to San Francisco, spent a year in outer space With a sweet little San Franciscan girl I can hear my mother wailing and a whole lot of scraping of chairs I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on upstairs He had to get out of there And San Francisco, well I don't know And then to L.A. Where he spent about a day He thought even the pale sky stars Were smart enough to keep well away from L.A. Meanwhile, Larry made up names for the ladies Like Miss Boo and Miss Quick He stockpiled weapons and took pot shots in the air He feasted on their lovely bodies like a lunatic And wrapped himself up in their soft yellow hair I can hear chants and incantations And some guy is mentioning me in his prayers Well, I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on upstairs. Francisco, L.A., I don't know, but Larry grew increasingly neurotic and obscene. I mean, he, he never asked to be raised up from the tomb. I mean, no one ever actually asked him to forsake his dreams. Anyway, to cut a long story short, fame finally found him. Mirrors became his torturers. Cameras snapped him at every chance. The women all went back to their homes and their husbands with secret smiles in the corners of their mouths. He ended up, like so many of them do, back in the streets of New York City in a soup queue, a dope fiend, a slave, then prison, then the madhouse, then the grave. Oh, poor Larry. But what do we really know of the dead? And who actually cares? Well, I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on. Yes. <laughs> 
Dig, Lazarus, dig. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Now, I believe uh, Nick Cave has written the screenplay for Lawless, which comes out a week on Friday. Uh, the uh, premiere was tonight, I believe, which should be interesting. He did that Western, what was it called? Uh, oh, its name escapes me. It drives me nuts when that happens, the proposition. There you go. So that'll be an interesting... Uh, see how that turns out. I've not had a chance to see it yet. Now, one of the great films of the 90s was Gross Point Blank, and it had one of the great soundtracks as well. And, of course, uh, this has become iconic. Femmes, of course, uh, Blister in the Sun, used so memorably in Ghost Point Blank. Uh, okay, we're nearly there. Two or three more tracks left, and it's all over, bar the shouting. Uh, so here's XTC. <laughs> i 
from the classic Skylarking album in 1986. Now, like all good DJs, I'm slowing it down now.
Magnus Obel and Riverside. That's almost it. Thank you so, so very much for listening. I couldn't do it without you. Truly. So, non-sync classic again. This is going to take us up to Kate Bush, actually. So, next week, all the usual stuff. Bond at 50. Mr. Uh, Mr. Brosnan makes his first appearance. Amongst other things. Double feature feature. Don't know what I'm going to do. Let me know. Anything you can think of, let me know. Because I'm up all night doing that. May not be true. But it's been wonderful having, having you along. Please tune in again next week. Let me know what you thought about the show. At Kevin Markwick on Twitter. Studio at uckfieldfm.co.uk. Carrier Pigeon. Whatever you like. So Bert Kemfert's going to take us up to Kate Bush, which is going to take us up to the news. Thank you all very much for joining me. I love you all. Get out of my car, step into the night, and look up at the sky.